Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. Downright nasty old man with an attitude and ease 
just heard nasty old man by the honey smugglers out of here in rochester new york the honey smugglers seen them at flower city station so many times one of my favorite bands to see at flower city station and today i have a great conversation with one of the owners he's the talent scout whatever you want to call it creative director entertainment director entertainment scout he is one of the men that really makes it happen at flower city station all of us know and love Matt Green, and I have an incredible nostalgic conversation about all the amazing music five plus years, six plus years Flower City Station has had. Listen, guys, this is an awesome one. Enjoy the show. might actually twerk for us or maybe that was clickbait i'm not sure about that. i think it was clickbait ben good work with the marketing there ladies and gentlemen balbert marketing at its finest uh, advertising twerking for a groove cast here so hey, we, if we get enough participants or someone raises money for a good cause it may happen so there we go there we go what what's the breaking point before you twerk how much do we need to raise or how many live watchers do we need? I think it's just got to feel right here. So, I mean, I see right now we're at, what, six? So I think we got to get, if we can get to 100 live watchers, uh, nothing's off limits. Or right nothing Facebook legal is off limits. So. <laughs> Honestly, let's break all the Facebook laws. I don't give a fuck about them. Sorry, Facebook. But, um... Yeah, guys, the the six people plus watching right now live. Um, if you're listening to the restream, where were you? But if you're watching live, ultimately, go share this right now. If we get over 100 people in, we might get some twerking. And I feel bad for putting that in the, the title because usually clickbait is supposed to be at least related to the conversation. That was a complete non sequitur. I don't think anyone's going to twerk, but maybe... Matt will, if we can get to 100. We'll at least work it into the discussion here, Ben, in a way that's applicable to what's going on. And, yep, Mickey, invite your friends. There I see she's uh, already calling for the twerk early on in the in the convo here. So who knows? Dreams can come true. Hey, hey, dreams do come true. And um, I got to not get too distracted from the Facebook. It's It's fun. It's good to see all you guys watching at home. Um, I want to welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding region. I'm here with Matt Green of Flower City Station. Matt, again, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, feel great, Ben. You know, it's been it's been a crazy times, but you know what? Hey, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you taking the time to to do the group cast with me. And I look forward to uh, chatting about hopefully some topics that uh, people will enjoy here today. 
Yeah, we're going to keep it fun. We'll shoot the shit. We'll just keep it real and talk a little bit about history. I mean, you're a co-owner at Flower City Station. Um, you're the the music entertainment manager, director, whatever you want to call it. You book the bands for fun because you love doing it. And I really want to start on a high note because Flower City Station is mine, if not top three, definitely my favorite venue in Rochester. You know, Three Heads, Anthology, Temple. There's so many venues that I used to go on a weekly basis, man. So I miss the heck out of it. But I want to start on a high note. I say let's let's walk through the history of Flower City Station because there's been so many incredible times. And I'm super optimistic. I love what you guys are doing today. And I'm very confident that we just have more greatness to come in the future. But let's kind of walk through the history. A lot of my listeners have been to Flower. A lot of them don't know much about you or much about the venue. And even if they do, we can peel back some more layers. So Flower City, how long ago? Was it like six, seven years by now? How long has it been? Well, I, I think the paper was done April 2nd of 2014 to make it official. Um, I mean, it was like a kind of a club where people would just show up. It wasn't a music venue before it was called Easy on East. So that all that magic went down approximately seven years ago there. Um, and it basically started as an idea. We wanted to, there wasn't enough music venues in Rochester. Dublin just shut down. Uh, for a lot of people who don't know, Dublin was one of those places to go for original music there. Um, a lot of people have really fond memories of that. Uh, A-Pub Live shut down. That was more of like the cover music, you know, one band. And there there really wasn't anything. So we thought it would be a really good idea to bring more music back to Rochester. And as, as you've mentioned, there's other venues such as Anthology, Three Heads and Temple. You know, Temple started doing more music when, once we got into it. but you know, it, it was just something we wanted to really bring the scene back because I know a lot of people were really itching to, to get back in and see some live music in a place where they were comfortable going to. So that's one of the big things that we put down on paper that we wanted to see happen in Rochester. Yeah. I love music. So I believe in more music being a good thing. I, I've been to your venue a million times. I'm wondering, were you already in the music industry? Were you doing entertainment-related stuff, booking, promoting events? What what brought you into this role at Flower City Station? Were you doing that previously? Or tell us about that inception and tell us about your partners at the start. Well, it started basically back in the late 90s when it was just a bunch of us high school kids putting like putting bands together. and. Um, just working on it. Those guys were a lot more talented at music than I was. You know, I tried to chime in with a riff here and there for them to put into a song, but more so I was managing the band, making sure the business stuff was straight, booking the gigs. So that's where it all started uh, with a band called Disharmony back in the days. So, hmm. and it just kind of went into a different role where, you know, things got more hands on, the band got more ahead of steam. They were putting up shows where they were basically almost selling out Water Street. So the demand grew and my knowledge for business and music kind of got, I needed more avenues to understand what was going on. And then that band moved, they moved to LA and I'm like, I can't move to LA. So um, 
I kind of took a little hiatus and came back into the scene where we started a little company with a friend of mine, Nicole, called Giglink, where we were just booking bands and events and stuff like that. And that's kind of, you know, that was kind of the gateway back into the scene. So a few years later, and then our sound guy, Kevin Santoro, he was, we were doing, actually, we did a, a festival where things, the, the organizer of the festival had bands showing up at the time they were supposed to start. So we kind of rearranged everything, got things back together. That's when we, everyone kind of looked at one another. How cool would it be to have a venue and really showcase what we can do and all we've learned over the years? And, you know, not even a year later, Flower City was born. So. I love it. I love it. And let's let's give credit to your partners in the operation. I know you've went through different changes, but um, who were the founding the founding partners of Flower City? We go back. Uh, I mean, uh, there's if anyone's got a chance to meet uh, good old Dr. Paul uh, at a few of the shows. He's you know he's working a lot, so he comes by. He was is one of the instrumental pieces in making it happen. And then we had uh, Dan McAndrew at the beginning, who was who was managing the joint, and he was a big part of making it happen. And then we have you know Kevin Santoro has been there. He he's only missed one show behind the soundboard, and that's when he was performing in the th- almost seven years we've been there. So he's definitely the Iron Man of sound there. And just, you know, one of those guys who's just dedicated to his craft. So I think everyone there is is added quite a bit to what we're doing. So, and like I said, and because of them, we're still here today. So, Yeah, it takes an army. And, and you you guys all, I mean, Kevin's great at sound. Aside from his work ethic and the great setup he has, the band sound good, security treats people well, customer service is good, the bar drinks are great. So you got all those things down. That that couldn't have just happened overnight. There's peaks and valleys. There's a learning curve. I'm curious, do you remember like the very first show you guys hosted at Flower City? You have the setup ready to go. Who was the first band that played? Well, that's the first band that played was a band called Stardison, which was uh, full circle back. Disharmony was a reincarnation of them. So the funny part is we were we had a date set for them. It wasn't it was our original grand opening. We had some issues with the liquor license where it just took forever to get it because New York State was so far behind. Right. They called me and said, listen, um, we have a chance to play a show with Daughtry and a baton rouge which is where they were stationed at the time and we can't do the show and i'm like well no shit you gotta play with daughtry so right. lo and behold we got a chance we had to re or push back our open date and the rescheduled date happened to be the new grand opening for the band so the band that was supposed to play the original grand opening by default ended up playing the grand opening there and they played an upward groove finished the night off and it was just, I just remember we, it started off a little slow. We opened up a little early and then we're like, man, where is everyone? And just right when the sun went down, we got pounded there. And it was just it was the energy of that night. We just knew we we're like, this was the right decision from the, from the first show on there. Yeah. I mean, that that's an incredible story. Cause you've got a band that's opening for Daughtry and then upward groove that, Back then, they were young and really up and coming. That that had to have been an incredible show. Is, is there 
any early shows that, you know, maybe very early on, that might have been one of those moments. But any moments where you're like, wow, we're on to something like a, a sold out show or your first major headliner. Um, how quickly did you guys realize that you were on to something? Because then you were riding away for quite some time. Was there a tipping point that you're like, wow, what a good decision I made? I think that that was it right there. <laughs> right off the you bat. Know, right? Hesitation earlier. And, but, you know, it's just going in and even in some of the shows that weren't, you know, packed, but just great shows where you saw people thoroughly enjoying themselves, you know, getting into the music, you know, just taking a break from life for a second and coming out and just being a human being like right there. That's, that's one of the more satisfying things of this business is that what music does to people. So right there. And that's, like I said, that's one of the winning elements of having this, you know, it's just seeing, seeing how people react to music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People are just coming out to have a good time and be a human being relax and, and, have some fun, you know. Um, what uh, what about some of the headliners? So I know I'm jumping up. And we won't go specifically chronological. I that's how my brain works. I'm a little scatterbrained, but I'm just curious. You guys were off to a great start right off the bat, and I know personally, my first show there was Personal Blend. Um, they were playing there a lot early on, and. Over time, I was in a place where I was going to Flower City two, three, four times in a week because we can't list all the headliners. I mean, it's mind-blowing, but when we talk about headliners, for anyone who doesn't have context here, what are some of the musicians that have played at Flower? Some pretty big names, right? Oh, yeah. We've had – I mean, there's some shows that I never thought we'd be able to pull off that just you know, were magical shows some really cool stuff like new riders in the purple sage. Those are guys who sold millions of albums in the seventies. Uh, David Nelson, the front man was literally one life decision away from being part of the grateful dead. He played with Jerry Garcia before the grateful dead was formed. So in just hanging out with him, picking his brain, you know, stuff like that, you know, uh, Tim Reynolds meant a lot because I remember teaching myself how to play guitar and no judgment out there, people, uh, from Dave Matthews live at Luther College with Tim Reynolds. And then next thing you know, he's playing there and he's a guy touring with Dave Matthews, you know, so and super humble, super nice guy, you know, stuff like that. Like we were told Dopapod would never play there because they were too big. Dopapods played there, John Brown's body, uh, Mike Doty of Soul Coughing. Um, you know, there's just, a, so many different artists that have come through that have just made it. And there's even shows like, you know, people, when I say headliners, it's not always someone like a huge name, but someone who just puts on a spectacle. And I know anyone who was there for that Andy Frosco show um, and a couple Octobers ago, know that it's just, you never know when it's going to be just a show that's bigger than life there. Yeah. It's, it's impressive because a lot of these shows were sold out and a lot of these musicians play venues that can house 500, a thousand, 2000 people plus. Um, I don't know offhand how, how, what is flowers capacity? Uh, 275. Okay. So. so you must be doing something right. There needs to be a sort of Rochester charm with the fact that in an Andy Frasco, he's going to sell out. He's playing a party in the park. 
how do you get a name like that in Flower City when, in theory, he could be trying to book larger venues? Is it a Rochester charm? Is it just people giving good feedback? Are you really good at reaching out to talent? How do you land these acts? Well, essentially, I think a lot of it, you know, just you got to form the contacts, but the more important part is building that rapport. And building a rapport means, you know, taking care of every band that comes through there because you know bands talk to other bands and sometimes they just they want to play at a place that feels more like home than than a bigger venue you know and where there's a lot going on so fortunately i think we've had a lot of bands take chances on us uh because of what we've done for the artists that come through you know i said a part of the big thing is like i said we're, we're people we're music fans also musicians who built a venue for musicians and music fans you know uh to equally to create that ecosystem so i think in doing so i think that's really helped us uh get some acts that people normally wouldn't think would come through yeah it's a beautiful ecosystem and yeah if you're treating people well it's a small circle in the music community if if you're doing great things for bands they're going to say great things for about you and it goes the other way if you're ripping people off if you've got bad accommodations if you're a total asshole no one's going to want to play at your venue right <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's we get some comments like that from the bands when they come through and you'd be surprised that the stories that would come through where like literally someone would show up whoever's whoever was their point of contact would say oh here's here's a pizza go fuck yourself basically oh which one artist said that's basically what they told them to do because they just asked them for what was in their contract and that's what they gave them that's what they said so you know i think there you want to create an atmosphere that you know where the musicians feel great about playing there the fans feel great about being there and the people who are working there love the music and want to be there and add to the experience themselves and i think that's the key is getting getting that circular flow going and where everyone just feels they're at their place you know i like that you know you, you talk about a circular flow and it it's hard to describe exactly what's going on i think it's very nuanced but when the venue's clean the drinks are good the people are good, the band's being treated well, the sound guy's on point. There's a positive energy, like a connection going on there where the musicians aren't grimacing on stage or looking tired. They're looking present. The audience is engaged. People aren't worried about when they're going to get it. I've been at bars and I can't get a drink and it honestly ruins my night. I, I've been a snob about it. Um, and there's a lot of nuance there that I don't think people realize that every single gear needs to be moving properly for it to go so smoothly. I'm wondering, because I, I mean, we, anyone who's been to Flower has plenty of examples of great moments. Uh, there's been situations I saw someone eat another person's food, drink their drink, act like a total asshole, and you guys showed kindness and basically moved on and didn't try to kick his ass and kick kick him out. You know, you, you guys show kindness, which is good. I'm curious if there's ever been moments where it's just like shit just fell apart. Um, maybe it wasn't uh, any one specific fault, but any, any disaster moments and what did you guys learn from those? 
I mean, like I said, I think I, I remember a specific example. It was Halloween the first year around that time. And we had a few incidents with people getting in or people trying to get in who shouldn't have got in and just create a scene. And one person in particular who wasn't allowed in because they were too intoxicated and they basically went out of their way to, to poke and, and prod at security. And, you know, it got a little dicey and a little chippy. And that's one thing we learned, you know, first you, you set the tone at the door, you know, even if someone's not there, you talk to them for a little while. You know, I think if anyone should kind of say, Hey, you know what, maybe today's not your day, but just come in next time. I'll get you a drink, you know, start the tone. I think it's how you transition in your conversations and how you approach people because you never know what kind of day they've had. You never know where they've been. It's, you know, it's easy to be nice and it's easy to be reasonable and rational with people as just as much as it easy as to fly off the handle if someone's poking at your chest and calling you names, you know? So I think it's very important to stay calm, you know, respect that person's for who they may be because you don't know that person all the time. Get to learn who they are and you never know. They might come back in the next time and just just had that bad day. And next thing you know, they're someone who's coming in all the time and you build that really good rapport with them. You know, we want to be that home away from home, I think is what we learned early on. I think that's incredible. I think that'll be useful tip for any business and anywhere in life. I mean, you think about it, someone might come in a little bit of a hot head, maybe a little drunk, maybe uh, had a bad day, who knows? And they start being a pain in the ass. The moment you start cussing them out or you start fighting back, cameras on you and Flower City has a bad reputation. So I think there's a lot to, to be said about keeping your cool, actually hearing people out, actually listening to them, understanding that they're only human. Maybe they're only drunk. Who knows? I think that's real nuance and, and something that a lot of people don't talk about that um, it's a cultural thing. I mean, did you guys go in with cultural guidelines or expectations from one another? Is it just you guys work as well as a team and it just kind of landed that way? Because um, it sounds like you were doing a lot of things great. Was it intentional, unintentional? I mean, these are th this is good stuff. Yeah, I think it starts, you know, like hiring. One of the big things is like, you know, hey, you have to be hospitable. You have to be respectful and you have to love music. Those were basically the three ingredients. And we felt if if those people embodied those spirits, then they'd be a good fit. And, you know, if they weren't, you know, if they were just saying something to get a job, they didn't stick around very long. You know, there's been there was two stretches where we haven't had turnover for two years, you know. Yeah. Because I think we've built that culture in there and people understand that, you know, uh, respect for employees, respect for customers, respect for bands, you know, it's, it's like that because like you said, it's easy to, it's just as easy to de-escalate a scenario than it is to escalate it, you know, just by taking that time, that step back, you know, and you said it's, it's tough. You have to, culture isn't necessarily a thing you can discuss and it just happens. Culture is something that, you know, every, you just play the scenario out and you can get thrown so many curveballs. You have to cultivate it over time and really come into your own by 
knowing and trusting those around you, uh, staff, and even customers over time. You know, where one staff member might say, hey, I don't like what's going on with this person. I go, and some, one of the staff, other staff members might have to go, listen, I'll talk to them. They're just having a bad day. You know, well, it's no problem when they might not have the patience that someone else does. So I think everyone knows their role. They know what to do, when to do it. And I think it's overall, it's worked out very well for us. It's good stuff. And and we're talking about the moment, the the... The events happening, the venues going, the bands playing. Let's go behind the scenes a little bit. I know you're a business minded guy, and I'm wondering. So, I've booked a lot at Temple, and I'll be honest, it's a small local place. So, usually, what I did is I took fan recommendations and I booked people I liked because I was going to go to the show. So, why not book a band that I love to go see? Which I don't think is the best route, other than the fact you're taking fan feedback. You're building a culture around the venue. You have, you know, almost 300 people to bring in for a show. It's not as simple as just booking, you know, your favorite local band every single time. Tell us a little bit about the, are you doing research? Are your bands coming via recommendation? Like, where are you finding these bands? How do you get in touch with them? If I'm a venue owner and I'm not booking the right kind of bands, how did you do what you did to bring these guys in? Well, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle here. I mean, the bands, obviously, if, you know, I'm always looking on social media and whatnot to see who people want to bring in. If they see, hey, I saw this band at a festival where I was, uh, this band is, you know, they're touring. Uh, they're doing great things. I love their sound. Sometimes you got to do some research. You got to see what they're doing. You know, like social media, good gauge would be, um, how many of my common friends like them, you know what, and how many will do, or just, you know, sometimes you got to take a chance and say, Hey, if I put up a video of this band, you know, say, Hey, they, with that, do you think we get enough people on a weekday to come out and really check this out? So sometimes you have to take that approach. Sometimes it's research. Sometimes you got to see what they're averaging at each venue. But I'd really like to think that a lot of times that we've kind of pushed that aside to take some chances and develop some bands, you know? Like a lot of people, a good example is February of 2015, you know, you know, well, we have this band called Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. And they're like, oh, they want to open up for Aqueous. And then next thing you know, the next time Pigeons ping, Playing Ping Pong play, they sell out. And the next time after that, they come to Rochester, they sell out Anthology, which is a thousand cap room. So mm -hmm. sometimes you got to see. And, and a lot of times you see the bands are just, they put up these videos online that are super engaging. They're fun. I'm like, you know what? This is going to make it for a great show. And sometimes you take things like I was talking about Andy Frosco earlier. We learned about Ask Andy Frosco from a band called Sophistifunk. They're like, hey, we toured with these guys out West. They're amazing. Uh, can we have them open for us? I'm like, yeah. So sometimes organically stuff like that happens. Next thing you know, you have a guy crowd surfing to a bottle of fireball through the crowd. Everyone's going like, this guy's nuts and his music's incredible and his energy's through the roof. So they talk about it. And then the funny part is the roles are kind of switched. And then, you know, Andy Frosco is headlining, you know, and Sophista Bunk's playing the earlier show at three heads that night, you know, which both bands are great and both bands packed the house, but you know, it's kind of incredible how Rochester's never seen Andy Frosco before they came and opened for Sophista Funk that one day. And that's all they needed. You know, they just need their foot in the door, you know? 
And then we told uh, the gentleman who arranged party in the park, you should get that guy out there because he's going to entertain the crowd. And that's how that our show happened. They came after party in the park to come and hang out at Flower City Station because they knew we were right around the corner. And that's where they played before, you know, and that's basically, it. you know, we talked to the guys in the band, including Andy and said, hey, how great would it be to have a show here? And, you know, he could have gone to anthology, but we, you know. I think we made it happen because of the connections because of those prior shows. Cause we gave them a chance when no one else would at that time. You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now back to the show. Hey, listen, guys, it's Ben here. It wouldn't be Rochester Groovecast without some music, right? I want to break up this conversation real quick and play a track live at Flower City Station. This is live at Flower City Station, Lost Dog Street Band playing September Doves. September Doves by Lost Dog Street Band. And at the end of the day, this is my most popular live recording on SoundCloud. Um, I'm getting hundreds of listens, if not thousands, most months, years after. I think this was recorded in 2018. Um, but it's a lot of fun. This is live at Flower City Station, Lost Dog Street Band, September Doves. My name is Benjamin Todd. And I'm Ashley May. We're Lost Dog Street Band from Neilburg County, Tennessee. Soon's called September Doves.
to save me to sleep Oh, and I can't sleep nowadays without liquid relief Well, if all the bars of whiskey Then my grandma's drinks were cheap I can't afford sleep anymore When we were never made for love, our souls are far too old. Oh, but loneliness needs company and a lost dog needs a home. So you will be the fire and I will be the bowl. Maybe we can burn out of control. We can pick down the old road and start. Circumstances shut us down like September dust. Circumstances shut us down like September dust. Thank you. Perception's always great too. Um, one thing I love about Rochester is the audience is incredible. I'd like to believe that's part of why you know people want to come play at Flowers. You. You got a, such a great network of people, community of people coming to shows. And you look at a lot of venues, Water Street, Bug Jar, and the big names they've had come to Rochester over the years and anthology bringing in more regional acts. But I look at Flower City and you, you really reminded me there when you look at a Goose, when you look at a Andy Frasco and Aqueous, when you look at a Sophista Funk, a Talk. These are, I mean, talks playing at Madison Square Garden. Andy Frasco's headlining major tours, playing at Peach Festival. You know, Goose is like people are saying are the next fish. We you could debate about that, but Goose is huge, and all these bands I saw at Flower City, and they didn't sell out that first time. They were kind of still on the up and up. It's almost like a stage and. I, this is silly for me to say. I know it is, but Flower City Station's like a stage in every mainstream jam band, hippie band, jam scene, folk scene. It's a stage in their career. I mean, all all the favorites touch there at some point, man. I, I appreciate that. Oh yeah, and that's like Goose is another prime example of a band that we took a chance on. You know, it was one guy who was uh, a guy I was working with booking um, Rumpke Mountain Boys. He's like, hey, I got this new project, Goose. Check them out. I listened to their stuff. You know, I'm like, hey, these guys, these guys are pretty cool. I, I, I like what they're doing. I like the direction they're going in. We played I think, three shows before the last show. They finally got to the point where they almost sold out. And then next thing you know, they're huge. They've just blown up, you know. And, and that's a good thing. You know, like I said, we're not always meant to be that venue who gets the bands who should be playing at other venues. We're a springboard too to bigger opportunities. And that's, I think, important in this whole ecosystem that there's a place for, for bands who have a place to develop, you know, whether it be a weeknight show, a weekend show, a headlining show, or like Aqueous, you know, they worked their way up to a Friday, Saturday show where they sold out both nights. You know, right. and then go on to anthology to sell out anthology playing just by themselves, you know, within a year. 
So it's it's great, and I think a lot of a lot of people would have never seen it if if there wasn't that chance taken, or you know, we didn't find that band through whatever means we did, you know. And I think a lot of times social media does have a lot to do with it because it's so much easier to discover that next big act. And it's so much easier for those bands to interact with their fans. And that's where they're really good. Like your aqueous, they're extremely good at interacting with their fans online. And I, I, I try to mention that's one thing, like as part of being an ecosystem with these bands, tell bands, Hey, I've noticed that these bands have blown up because they're very interactive with their fans and their fans feel like they're part of something, you know? Just like, I think everyone, this is what all this comes down to. Everyone wants to feel like they're part of something. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. And music is an easy way to do that because people forget about who's who, who was who in high school, you know, or who is who does this, who makes this much money when they have that band in common. They can talk about that band and all of a sudden they're friends, you know, all of a sudden they can put their differences aside and move ahead, you know? Yeah, that's what it's all about, bringing people together. And yeah, man, it, it's, I look at these bands, I look at, you know, we played Honey Smugglers in the intro here to the show. I look at bands like the Honey Smugglers, like you mentioned, Aqueous, the guys in the Sideways love them too. I mean, I could just start naming bands forever. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but they're all such nice guys. And they're the first people you're going to see at, shows and gigs and i mean you i can't explain the amount of times i've seen someone at a show that i'm at as well knowing quite well that they're playing another show in an hour they're just squeezing in live music during that break like they set up their stuff they set up the drum set then they're out supporting their competing venue a, comp a competing band but it's not a competition because the moment that let's say three head show ends they're all coming to flower city station because like you said it's an ecosystem and Everyone really supports each other, whether it is Flower City or Anthology or Temple, um, Three Heads Brewing Company, Into Photo City. I've done all those venues in one night, Matt, starting at Photo City. I went to Three Heads. I went to Flower. Um, I went to Temple. Anthology is hard for me to squeeze in Anthology because I get sucked in. I want to spend a whole night there. Um, and then sometimes I'll close out at the bug jar or something, man. It's it's really cool. And rumor has it that you do all this by foot, too. That you've made the whole track just by walking, too. Yeah, I mean, it's first off, I love it. Um, this is me on a tangent, but I'm an introverted guy. I'm a more quiet guy. I like having conversations, especially in a comfortable environment. But one thing I like about music is I just space out and listen to the music. You know, it's I can share a moment with people without using a ton of words. And I like walking venue to venue because I get this burst of like euphoria and emotion and music. And then I take a breezy little walk to chill out. And then I have more of it and then a breezy little walk. And yeah, man, you go from Photo City, you go to Photo City to Temple and you make all those stops in between. You haven't walked more than a few miles. It's a small city, man. We've, we've got a heady city with a lot going on. So yeah, I, I, I'm known to walk and I'm happy to walk, man. It's great. 
Oh yeah. And it shows the dedication to all the shows. And I'm glad you brought up that. Like it's they're not competing shows. You know, the cool thing about the the venues in Rochester, we're talking to one another, you know. We're saying, hey, we got this going on here. You know, three heads might hit me up and say, hey, we got this show going on here. Book book a different genre or vice versa. We'll say that or we'll work on like even after parties or shows in conjunction with that, that add value to, to what one another is doing. If someone's doing an early show and someone's doing a late show. So, so there's a lot of uh, communication and collaboration going on, which, you know, makes me feel great about the Rochester music scene in general. You know, I think a, a lot of people are starting to catch on to that. And that's why another reason we're getting a lot of bands coming through here. They've, they've heard about, like instead of like you go, you can go down the street, you know, or down the throughway and there's venues that are at one another's throats and they're always like mm. complaining about one another. It is like, Oh, don't, if you play there, they'll say to bands, I've heard this. If you play at that venue, you can never play at our venue again. And I can't even fathom yeah. that happening in Rochester because of, because of the ecosystem we built, you know, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's great. Let, let's provide some examples because there's millions of them. By millions, there's not millions, but there's probably hundreds of great examples of whether it's a jazz fest follow-up, um, a party in the park after party, a three heads with Flower City collab. What are some of those collaborations you guys have done? You know, maybe someone was playing a party in the park, so you booked a band that was a similar style. Maybe they were playing at Three Heads. You guys collaborated. Any ones that really knocked it out of the park? I mean, if I remember right, for example, you had Erica Bad Do's band play because they were at Jazz Festival, right? That's an awesome one. Yeah, so I remember we had a mashup of it was a band called lightning skeleton, which was Thunderbody and giant Panda little mashup that uh, Matt O'Brien put together. And next thing, you know, you, I, uh, one of the staff members is like, Hey, these guys want to go up on stage and play. And I'm like, I'm, what am I supposed to do? We have a band playing. And then next thing, you know, I'm talking to these guys and I see their jazz fest credentials. And I'm like, wait a minute, do you just play jazz fest? I'm like, who did you play with? And they're like, Oh, we're an Erica Badu's band. We just want to come on, hang out and play some more. I'm like, okay, let me talk to the guys and see him. But I had to like sneak up between songs and go, oh, Matt O'Brien. I go, yeah, if, you know, I looked it up online. This is definitely Erica Badu's, a couple of their band members. You want to have them sit in. And next thing you know, those guys are up there crushing it. And it's one of those things you just never expect to happen out of the blue there. And, you know, and then I think there is video on our Facebook page of that, which is, pretty cool and you know and that builds rapport that builds relationships and you know one of the guys was rc williams uh who's in the band who has a side band called rc and the grits who in turn bringing this whole thing full circle uh played with uh daniel ponder and the tomorrow people after they played party in the park mm. so so it it's just uh, the world it's a small music world there and just to have cool stuff like that happen is, you know, you never know. Like, it, you know, party in the park, you have Victor Wooten show up and sit in and watch mm -hmm. Funk Nut play. You know, it's little things like that that make just, you know, the music scene so special. And just, and like, you never know what's going to happen, you know. And these, some of these collaborations are unknown and some of them are known. 
you know, like I said, you're saying we schedule the bands to best line up with uh, who's playing at Party in the Park stylistically. You know, we throw a cheaper free show on, or like maybe if we want to get a band built up and help them, we throw a free show on for everyone who doesn't love a free show, you know? So we try to do that as much as possible. Or we do, uh, you know, with three heads, you know, it's normally a $10 show for, for each of us. We do, you know, half price after you go to the three head show or something like that. So it, we're always trying to figure out ways to, to get every, get as much music for, for the people in one night. It's not always easy, but you know, it's rewarding when we can do it. Oh, and you guys have knocked it out of the park plenty of times. Huge advocate. Don't mind saying that. So many amazing times, so many amazing shows. Let's look at special events. Because every year, to my knowledge, you have a Halloween show. You have New Year's. There's uh, different holiday shows. When when I talk about holiday shows or special events, let's start with holidays and let's move on to charitable organizations afterwards because you guys have put on a lot of incredible special events. What are some of the favorite holiday shows you guys have done? I mean, Halloween has to be one of our favorite. And, you know, you led in with the honey smugglers and, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to do it this year, but, you know, it was, it would have been four years running with the honey smugglers. And it's always a special event, you know, to do something when you know it's going to happen every year, everyone looks forward to it, you know, and that's another thing. I'm going to give a plug to anthology here, you know, where they have giant panda every year, every, everyone looks forward to that, you know, that, that usually sells out. And there's a lot of people who go out to aqueous and Buffalo too, because they know they're going to play there. And it's something that people look forward to every year, you know, and I think, you know, we just started off being that place that wants to create a someplace that everyone looks forward to going to on the weekend, you know, and then luckily, you know, there's, there's these little side shows, but you know, it does make a difference having these special holidays, you know, and more so the music scene, we just had St. Patrick's parade day, which, you know, unfortunately two years in a row, we haven't been able to do mm-hmm. uh, last year was, was canceled last minute. This year is already postponed or not postponed canceled. Uh, but that's something, you know, it's just, one of those things when we're used to being open from like, we're used to being busy nine to one in the morning, you know, and this is one where we're, we're up at nine in the morning and going until 10 or 11 at night, nonstop, you know, and that's, and, and a lot of people just, you know, they come in every year cause they know we're going to have four bands playing every day, you know, four bands with 30 minutes in between all day, live music all day. So you know, that's not quite in the original scene, but it's, it's something people look forward to. And, you know, I think part of how the longevity is creating these events that people look forward to and keeping the bands coming back. So, yeah, I'm always looking forward to it. And you guys are community oriented. I mean, we, Tyler just played at flower city recently. I said, Hey man, as you know, we've had a death in the community. Can we use this stream to raise money? He's like, hell yes, immediately. Because everybody's supporting each other. Tell us some of the the charitable events you guys have done. Because I know there's been quite a bit. I hosted one quite a while ago. Um, any charitable events or community-oriented events that stick out to you? I mean, there's a lot of different things we do. You know, I think if someone approaches us, it's, it's hard to say no to something like that, you know. 
it's, you know, unless we have something else scheduled, you know, you want to be able to help out. You want to be able to do your part because, you know, that's another quality of music, not just bringing people together, uh, just being able to contribute to a cause. It's, you know, anything from pet rescue to, you know, uh, you know, for ALS or, you know, suicide prevention, you know, anything like that we want to do, and especially anything that hits home, you know, if we have a member of the community where something happens to them, you know, or we have someone that overdoses, we want to, you know, especially when it's relevant, we want to be able to raise some money for that cause or bring awareness to it, you know, because there's a lot of things that happen in the music community that do hit home. And I think it's important to shed light on those things. And what, what better way to do it than with music, you know, it's. As you said earlier, you know, people might have different lives. They might disagree on 101 things, but we all connect through music. So you're right. What better way than music? I'm wondering, I want is I want at least three, but I don't want to tie you down to just three if you have more, but minimum three most fulfilling moments at Flower City Station, whether it was during a song, an entire night, um, any aha moments, any really fulfilling times at Flower City that really made it all worth your while? I mean, there's a, it's tough to really pinpoint a few because, you know, it's it happens often because, you know, it's one of those things, you know, having, having a full-time day gig too, and then doing this, it's a really a labor of love. And by doing this, you want to have those moments. That's what keeps you going is having those moments through and through, you know, I think it's a big thing, you know, uh, you know, just special moments. I remember there's a band called primate fiasco that came in. Uh, they did a little circle in the middle of their song and they did a, they went on the floor with the crowd and did uh, all you need is love by the Beatles, just kind of a broken down version. Everyone was singing it. Now it's something that brought everyone together. And I'm sure there is, you know, people in that crowd who were all from different backgrounds, different political beliefs and everything. But for one moment they came together and, you know, and just everyone knew the words and everyone was singing and it was just, it, you know, it's one of those things where you sit back and you're like, this is one of the reasons I got into this, you know, and it's anything like you said, the charitable stuff where you can hand someone a check for, for a lot of money. I remember we had an unfortunate passing of uh, Andres Rivera there in the music community, which was, you know, no one expected it. everyone was shocked and his wife was left with two kids and some, and just, she had to figure out how to put the pieces together. So the charitable event that was put together for that was to raise money for, for the family and to hand that money over, you know, people enjoyed themselves, not only that, but in enjoying themselves, they raised a ton of money for the family and to hand that money over was just, you know, like I said, my hair is standing up in the back of my head right now, thinking about that moment, you know, and it's a lot of that stuff is doing that or just, you know, any show. Like I said, that I, I always talk about that Andy Frasco show a lot. Just having everyone being there, going nuts. You know, uh, the Mac Miller tribute put on by uh, Pine Needle Soul, and no offense there, stuff like that, where everyone came together. You know, and everyone was singing with uh, the band. 
everyone was getting into a groove in one moment, you know, just seeing everyone locked in, you know, when we did, um, you know, the winter sizzler, the moment where, you know, we have, uh, Dave and Mike from Aqueous, a band called Litz that not a lot of people know about, but should know about because they're so incredible. And then mid song, we have the Alan, the drummer from the Disco Biscuits, sneak in, take over the drums without missing a beat, and they jam out for 10 minutes. You know, it's moments like yeah. that, just, uh, you know, mastery of the music and just creating a moment that you can never see again, too. Just having all those moments just to improv, like the Borg party where you have, you know, members of Giant Panda, Aqueous, uh, you know, uh, Dopapod, and Turquoise just yeah. sitting in with the, a vocal all-star and Willie O'Reilly that are playing together, just seeing just them unscripted putting together just an improv set where they're having fun. You know, it's so many different things, so many different avenues where it's like, yep, this is why. It's incredible. And, and guys, I forgot to mention this. I haven't recorded much shows at all lately and the recording quality is not incredible ever not a pro at it, just a disclaimer. Um, but if you go to Rochester Groovecast and in the search column on any podcast app on rochestergroovecast.com, but go to iTunes, your Spotify, your podcast app. And if you type in flower city station, there's probably at least 10, 20 shows. Um, many of which we're talking about today. So I'm going to look into and see what I still have cataloged on there. I, I've got Billy strings, for example, um, that's one of my most popular listens, um, of Billy, Billy strings at flower city station. Another, oh my God, man, he's huge now. But when he played at flower city station, again, it wasn't a sold out show. Now he sells out everywhere he goes. Absolutely. And I did forget to mention dirty panda party. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was magical to have a band. And that was a pretty interesting story too, because we were supposed to have, uh, the guys from Railroad Earth, a couple of them sit in with Dirty Panda, who were kind of their legends. Then things just got shuffled around, and next thing you know, they're playing. They're headlining at the Dome, and then Giant Panda was playing before them. So we reached out to the Panda guys. Hey, we had Railroad Earth drop out. Hey, can we arrange a, a thing? I got, I got this idea, Dirty Panda Party. Next thing you know, it's uh, two different genres. You have reggae and basically bluegrass playing together in unison there you know and those guys and they were so gracious the panda guys in coming over already playing a show having a full production day come over and make sure that they sat in with a full set too and not just it was a powerhouse set too it's not like the you know the normal low-key ragged those guys were dirty dirty blanket those guys were bringing the heat and i'll never forget james from uh giant panda saying oh those kids tired me out, man. They're <laughs> so good. And that whole video, I believe, is on uh, Dirty yeah. Blankets page, uh, their YouTube channel. So I highly recommend everyone pointing that out. You'll see why. I mean, just being there live is one thing. You know, it, another incredible moment. Yeah, that was joyful for me. And I apologize, guys. It all blurs together. So correct me if I'm wrong. You can or someone else at home can. But I'm pretty sure that Dome show... It was incredible. I saw Driftwood, Giant Panda, Railroad Earth, and we left a little early. We left during the encore of Railroad Earth and jetted over to Flower City Station for like 
another crazy show like talk about an amazing night in rochester and there was hundreds of those over the past five plus years it's it's incredible um i'm wondering fantasy land we're gonna go into fantasy land if you could book anyone for an event maybe you put on your own festival you've got multiple days because you can't pick just one or two if you could book anyone even if they would sell out tenfold, you know, we'll just raise the ticket price or keep it exclusive. If you could have anyone at the Flower City venue, what are some of your favorites, man? Who would you love to see play there? Oh, man, that is a loaded question because I'm all <laughs> across the board in in my styles. You know, a lot of it, and too, a lot of times I'm thinking it's not what I like, it's what everyone else likes, you know. And like I said, I'd probably pull up something – and it would have to be in the parking lot, obviously, but, you know, I, I pull a bunch of different genres, you know, like I said, I don't think we've never had giant Panda play there. You know, they've been a Rochester staple for years. I would love to have them indoors and play, but, you know, just due to their, their popularity and in, in their hometown, it's, it's tough to pull that off, but they I was definitely. Amazed, I was amazed John, John Brown's body played. Cause when it comes to Panda, John Brown's body, northeast they these guys are selling out like crazy so it was amazing you guys had them there be very cool to have giant panda there too oh yeah and anything like i said i'd love to have some stuff from the past and i thought it was really cool when when funk and waffles around to get george clinton and and parliament funkadelic you know something like that going in a time machine doing something that's just you know a funk show that's larger than life that would be really cool you know I, i always thought about something like that you know like i said we got into the ska genre too and we were really close to landing less than jake i'd love you were a real big fish you know remember like when i was super young in my teens you know stuff like that you know anything you know like you said because you know we've had tim reynolds i would love to see it because i started learning guitar off of dave and tim having them in there that would be pretty cool you know something like that an intimate show inside flower city station you know, there's a show, actually a dream show is working on that didn't quite happen because of COVID and we had to put it on the back burner, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's some of the avenues that this opens up, you know, uh, we're working, somehow came across an artist called Mickey Free, who's well known, not from his time with Shalimar where he won a Grammy, but through the Prince playing basketball skit where he was on team blouses with Prince where they played Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. So we were going to have a show where he came in and did a storyteller session for 30 to 40 minutes, then did a no holds barred, nothing off limit Q and a session wow. with the crowd for another 30 to 40 minutes and then nice. play like an hour set after that to have a one of a kind show. And we conceptualized that with, with Mickey and his crew. And like I said, there's still the deposit down on that. So we're, we're hoping it'll happen. That's like one of those dream shows that would come true that, you know, you have a Grammy winning artist, you have a guy who's done such crazy stuff and, you know, he wouldn't even tell me the stories. He goes, yo man, I won't even tell you the stories, but one of them involves Madonna in a really small bathroom. And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to, to hear what's going on. And like, we're going to get something like that where we have a piece of a rock legend who wants to come in and do an intimate show like that with us. Yeah. Who, who's just, you know, and right now is it going to be in a Prince documentary on Netflix, you know, and just opening up the gates and 
being able to do stuff like that, you know. So, like I said, there's the shows that I wish I had, and there's some that are dream shows that are happening. Like you said, like your John Brown's body, you know, which opened up the doors for Black Castle, you know, for mm-hmm. and another thing you mentioned that special theme shows, the April 20th shows are always, uh, we always voted those from Big Bean Sound Machine to Black Castle, Personal Blend, Upward Groove, and those bands, and those nights are super memorable too. And those, like I said, those are dream shows, really, just with the talent we have uh, in just Rochester and the surrounding areas and the touring circuit that we've been able to do. Yeah, you've done incredible stuff. I I like sitting around and kind of being nostalgic with you. I didn't prepare at all for this interview. I've been to Flower enough times. I didn't really feel like I needed to. But now I'm thinking to myself, I need to go back and write down a list. Because another person that just came to mind is uh, Corey freaking Wong. Corey Wong coming and playing on like a Tuesday night, selling out a Tuesday and... Dude, he's incredible. He's got a new album out. I've been just jamming to like crazy. Another one of those moments. Corey Wong from Wolfpack coming and playing at Flower. Oh yeah, and for, yeah, for everyone in the crowd who doesn't know, this is one hundred percent off the cuff here. No, no preparation. Just a Zoom link. You know, uh, hey, are we doing this tomorrow night? What time it is? What time are we doing it? Okay, what time do you need me in the chat room? Okay, so. Yeah, dude. And Corey Wong, super nice guy too, you know, for someone who's in a band selling out Madison Square Garden, you know, comes in and just does a show, super entertaining. And like, he's asking, how did I do? You know, was everything okay? Were you guys happy? <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. Who were you? Like, you were up there shredding, you know, and it's it's nuts, man. Like I said, too, and, and the local ties and it, it just show how tight the music community is too, you know. We got to talk to the band and everything and the drummer in the band, you know, had ties with uh, our very own Italian drummer, you know, Marco there, mm. you know, to see a, you know, a young drunk prodigy and then like his, his sensei there too. It's cool to see moments like that happen too, where you have someone just slaying it with like, you know, an international caliber musician like Corey and his band, you know. And then we have local ties to that. And there's there's musicians all over the place. Like I said, I could sit here and probably go 30 minutes and spout off, you know, how many amazing musicians we have in Rochester, you know, but because it doesn't end the scene, there's no lack of talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now, but I think we I might do a part two episode, right? Because what I want to do is I want to put together a post. I want to reach out to a lot of these musicians and fans and get like a top three to five from as many people as possible and just do an episode shouting out all all our favorite moments. Maybe see if I can get people to put together short testimonials, things like that, because every one of us has moments like that. I, I know the Corey Wong night. I forget why the the. The reason why is there's always a million things to do in Rochester, so I chose something different. But um, my girlfriend Jen went to Johnny's Irish Pub, I believe, and Corey Wong and his band played at Johnny's, this little open jam, bar jam with locals that night. So that's just another example of this national touring act who's on TV um, and is incredible coming and jamming with the little guys, you know, around the corner at a Rochester pub that's. The, the amount of moments like those are countless. 
And yeah, I'm thinking to myself, but I think I'm going to do a part two that's basically fan driven because I want to hear some stories from people more than just you and I. I can't even remember half the stories. They blend it all together. And the, the more we talk about it, the more I remember them, man. That That's the beauty. The the amount of memories made in the five, six years you guys have been going, it's beautiful, man. It, it, it's a great thing. It really is. Oh, yeah. I would love to. Anyone who's in here right now, obviously, anyone type their favorite memory, you know, but, you know, it's incredible. You know, there's a lot of things that you never thought would happen. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I remember those guys, there was a thread on Facebook talking about inviting Corey Wong after Lilac Festival to come in and play the Open Jam. And everyone's like, oh, that's never going to happen. And the next thing you know, that night you see Facebook Live with Corey Wong jamming out with those guys. Like I said, the Corey Wong who sold out Madison Square Garden just coming in and doing that. You know? yeah. And that's what makes it, you know the music scene so cool. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen at a show. And that's what makes the people who come to the show I'm sure everyone has great stories about just being with their group of friends at a show, you know, and that's the thing or show a festival, anything like that, you know, and it's just, it, it never ends, you know, and I, I think a lot of the people that I've seen, you know, they're so tight because of going to these shows and sharing these moments. These are people they'd never meet if they didn't have the music in common. Yeah. It's changed my life. Um, wouldn't have it any other way. It's been one of the roughest years of my life, but it's also been a learning experience when basically everything you've built in terms of, I go to music three to five times a week and suddenly everything's shut down, the virus. We, we're, we aren't going to talk much about coronavirus because it is a sad topic and a lot of people are struggling, but it's important that we address it. And one thing that I've noticed is... Um, First off, we all know that the the rules change at any given moment. It's all over the place. No one knows what incidental means. It's very confusing, but I have seen venues blatantly breaking the rules. I've seen festivals in Pennsylvania and local areas, huge festivals, not even caring at all about the rules. Opinions aside on our government or the virus or anything like that, um, you guys have been cautious and respectful not to go out and just disobey a bunch of orders and you've really reinvented yourself. So right now there's a flower city hots. You've got a restaurant. Um, I want you to tell the story cause there's probably a lot of moving parts. How has the past year been? How'd you come up with this idea to turn it into a restaurant, a hots? Um, and then we'll move into the future in a moment here. Yep. So yeah, I'm glad you asked Ben. And, uh, yeah, I know we promised we wouldn't talk about Corona so much <laughs> there. I don't think it's fun. important. It's, it's yeah, not it's, going back 20 years from now. It's going to be a pivotal part in our life, but it's not going to yeah. be the most important year of my life. And uh, these memories are more fun to talk about, but let, let's address it anyways. Right. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I think it's going to be how people reacted during it's going to define them to a degree, you know, especially, you know, venues who've been hit harder than anyone else, you know, in, in the general scheme of things. So the music and arts, it's, it's been tough, but you know, it's one of those things where we had to shut down for three months. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're phase four in the New York reopening scheme, which is the very last one. And it's like, okay, 
we can do this music. Okay, we have to space everyone out. Everyone has to wear a clean and undamaged mask. We have to have these sanitation stations. We have to do all this cleaning. You know what? Cool. We'll do it. Then next thing you know, we get that routine down. We're starting to get people in, we're feeling good. And then next thing you know, it's, oh, you have to serve food with your drinks, which I don't know if anyone knows. It's it's tough to get in that routine when you're used to just having having basic food. Some people can choose if they want food or not. And then next thing you know, you have to serve everyone. So all of a sudden you're putting a lot more effort into it, making it work, but and then you get used to that. And it's like, oh, no, you got to shut down, you know? Uh, and then next thing, you know, okay, you can shut down, but you have to have music be incidental to the dining experience. And you have to offer a full dining experience, which came through and we're like, right before that rule came out, we did a thing with a band called Animal Sounds uh, with uh, plates and pints was the idea we came up with. And the reason being, we go, you know what? We got to come up with the dining experience here. So we have to formulate a thing and we'll go, how about this? Since we can't play music live, we can't have a live band. It can't be full production. It's got to be incidental, like a, an acoustic artist, a piano player, or a jazz trio. Let's get a band to play their original music over the speakers there play their favorite songs, talk about, maybe get up on stage, talk about um, what's influenced them, some funny stories with the band, stuff like that. And you know what? We'll say, I, I was working with Corey there and I'm like, hey, what what would be the easiest things to do from a food standpoint to make sure we, we do this and we're not overextending ourselves, you know? Uh, and what we have with our kitchen capabilities too. He goes, well, I can do lasagna or I could do plates. So I, I reached out to Sean from Animal Sounds. I go, hey, what would you rather have during your during your thing where you're playing your music to the people? Uh, lasagna or plates? And he goes, oh, plates. That's so 585. We're doing plates. So all of a sudden, you know, we're talking, I'm talking with Corey and we're like, you know what? Let's put together the best damn garbage plate anyone can put together. It's in honor to five or to Rochester, you know. Nothing's more rushes than putting plates together. True. We have the cap- capabilities to do it with our kitchen and do it quickly and efficiently. So why don't we make this happen? And next thing you know, we're doing plates. And by the time we were hoping to have music and plates, but then it shut down to delivery and uh, takeout only. So then we got to that point. And luckily, a few weeks ago, it opened up to us doing it again, which is kind of where we saw ourselves at doing the plate idea with plates and some incidental music in the background, you know, having the full Rochester cuisine on display while having some music to enjoy it with. So that's kind of where everything has kind of come. And that's how things have kind of transgressed and progressed throughout COVID. And you're right, Ben, it's, it's about reinventing yourself. It's about coming up with solutions, not focusing on problems, but focusing on, how to overcome the problems and create that solution. I love it. And you're building good foundation with your solution. We don't know how quickly things will be normal. And even when they're normal in quotations, there's going to be lingering anxiety. There's going to be lingering concerns. I'd love to see personally, you guys continue what you're doing, um, but find a way to have some of those big bands come in and um i don't know if matt reamerman from the green room or someone who really i don't know how to stream that well i I do it for fun but someone who really knows what they're doing can come in 
I don't know the regulations, but I could see you guys selling tickets. Um, good ticket, blah. I'm not talking properly, but selling tickets internally, I'd pay a little bit extra being able to see a band like John Brown's Body, Giant Panda. Oh, John Brown's Body isn't playing, but Giant Panda, anybody, any of the heavy hitters, and then sell virtual tickets as well. Whatever we can do to keep it going, because um, I've been to Plates and Pines twice, man, and three times. I've been to Plates and Pines three times, man, and it's not the same yet, but I still have that feeling inside, you know, it, it's, it's things, the hopes there, and I can see that things are going to get better. Oh yeah. It's, it's a progression, you know, I think as, as you know, the pandemic comes to, it starts cur- curtailing, you know, a, you know, whatever the plan is, the vaccinations, everything like that. Uh, just the numbers going down, I think we're going to see an increasing capacity in what we could do, which is very good. And from my understanding from, you know, our sources in New York, it doesn't seem like the restrictions are going to tighten up. They're just going to slowly but surely loosen up, which is very encouraging to the point where we can get a full production show going on where we're playing through our, you know, our speakers. We have a sound guy in. You know, we have a full band versus just a solo artist playing acoustic show or someone like Tyler, uh, who did, it was a one man band, you know, with, uh, with everything with his getup, you know, and that's incredible. But, you know, no matter how talented Tyler is with looping and just having a whole ensemble of, you know, between percussion and everything at his disposal, nothing beats having a whole folks face or folk faces show mm-hmm. there it's it's that experience that people are you know for and we're hoping that once we're able to we understand that some people are going to want to stay home as a precautionary measure but i think we're gonna have a lot of people who are just stir crazy and just desperately need that full live show experience yeah i'm stir yeah, crazy I'm and, and shout out to tyler westcott he's been on the show his music's great. He just go to Tyler Westcott Music. He just submitted a video. I forget the competition, um, but he submitted a video for some sort of competition when lockdown lifts. And this when lockdown lifts song is literally stuck in my head right now. Uh, before you brought him up, it was just kind of rambling in the back of my head. But it's all like when lockdown lifts, I'm gonna hug me a stranger. When lockdowns lifts, I'm gonna have a spitting contest and just a bunch of just fun, quirky, inferior, you know, true things that we all want more of. You know, that's part of the music scene. Hug strangers, meet new people, really have a good time. And um, there's a lot of love and hope that that things will be normal. And because we're so stir crazy, man, I I don't want to take it for granted anymore. I I drank a little too much in the days. I went to too much shows. I, it's weird to make that statement, but I almost went to too many shows to the point where you start to take it for granted. And I've kind of made a, a note to myself to never take it for granted again, man. I'm I'm excited for things to return back to normal. Yeah, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of lessons. It's not just music. It's just everything in general. You can't take things for granted. You know, it's... It, this is an eye-opening experience for a lot of people. Go out, you know, be nice. It's easy to be nice. You know, it's easy to, you know, 
straight up a conversation. I wouldn't recommend having a spinning contest like in Tyler's song, but, uh, you know, obviously funny lyrics, you know, obviously. And, um, but still, I think it's, it's, we need to, you know, embrace this more, you know, you know, one of those times, my advice to everyone, you know, whether it be at flower city station or any place on earth, if someone invites you to go to a show, you know, and it's a choice between a show and Netflix, you know, and it's five or 10 bucks, go out, see that show, support your friend, create that experience. You never know what's going to happen at that show. You never know who you're going to meet at that show. You know, that's, that's the cool part of that. You know what, when I can guarantee you, if you're staying home and watching Netflix, you're going to only see what's on TV and you're not going to create an experience that's, you know, spontaneous or anything outside of that. That's the element that music brings and especially live music, which is why I'm very excited to see what's going to happen you know, at the, you know, midpoint to tail end of 2021 and especially 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, already, there's already events being creative created. I'm hoping we're in good shape to have outdoor events, outdoor festivals. Lincoln Hills does a great thing. The drive-ins, um, lots of good stuff to look forward to. And listen, guys, if you're listening right now, if you're watching on the live Facebook stream, I it's I always address it because mo- this comes out on Monday. If you're listening on Facebook, you get to hear it first. I'm going to start sending some DMs in a moment. I'm going to put it on together a Google form. You're going to get this Google form, Matt. I want you to give it to Corey, Kevin, everybody. We want to bring in testimonials of stories and moments at Flower City Station. I want to put together a collage, montage, whatever you want to call it, of these moments so we can all kind of just share them together, make a podcast episode out of that. we got a lot of good things to look forward to. Um, And... Yeah, if for whatever reason someone is from Rochester, maybe they're out of town, only come to Rochester once in a while, and they haven't been to Flower City Station yet, how do they find you? What's the website, the Facebook? How do we keep in touch and, and make sure we're there and ready to go? Yeah, that's the thing. that Hunting Edge usually at Flower City Station, the website, you know, Instagram, we've been using a lot more because we found it's a lot more efficient and it posts right over. So, yeah, check us out at Flower City Station um the instagram and flower city station uh facebook and you can find any of the links you need there you know and that's the thing you know check out a new show and that's the thing with the limited capacity we're not trying to advertise the shows too much because their spots are super limited but once we get back to the normal capacity yeah we're gonna we're gonna really pump everything we have there so and uh hopefully like i said it's sooner than later we're back to normal you know when it's safe to do so and and we're thoroughly looking forward to that yeah there's there's a term i've been saying a lot lately it just stuck in my head but you want to dig the well before you're thirsty and you you want to dig the well before you're thirsty and what if you're not comfortable going to shows yet i support that as well what we want to do though if there's a creative a venue a musician an artist Anyone who does freelance work or events or ultimately they might have been out of work for months, make sure you've liked them online. Make sure you repost their stuff. Make sure you engage on their content. Make sure you DM it to to a friend because 
we want to stay in touch. We want to encourage each other to stay optimistic and to keep it going. want to ultimately get that well ready to go before we're thirsty so when things open back up, we're affluent and, and it's like nothing ever changed. So everybody remember to do that. I like if you support Rochester Groovecast, do that if you want. Definitely support Matt and Flower City Station, Facebook, Instagram, flowercitystation.com. There's one question that it's brand new. I just started asking it. We're putting together a time capsule. So like we're going to put together a time capsule. It needs to be tangible items. Um, And I've only asked, you know, three, five, six people. I haven't kept track, but it's still very fresh. We're, We're putting together a time capsule and we started it last year. We're going to build it throughout this year. And the goal is it's not going to be open for another 500. This actually hasn't happened yet. It's a thought experiment, though, just so people know. 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years from now. Minimum 500 years, someone's going to open it up. And we built this during coronavirus. So coronavirus is relevant. However, I don't think the past six months to a year define us. It doesn't define our generation, doesn't define humanity. So you could put something completely unrelated to coronavirus in that time capsule. But if you were to contribute one, two, three items to a time capsule, but opened up 500 years from now, what would you want to pass along for future human humans and humanity to see? <laughs> Well, I think we definitely need a mixtape of all the local artists that we've done here, you know, because yeah. without the local artists, we wouldn't have support for the bigger shows. Um, I think some of the, you know, from a Flower City standpoint, you know, any artifacts that are left behind, um, you know, and I think a lot of people keep on talking about that giant inflatable penis that knocked off the smoke detector during the Andy Frosco show. <laughs> That's one of the things. But just anything in general, you know, like I said, I think it's, you know, it, there's so many different things that we can put in there. There's so many different ways to celebrate. There's so many different things. Uh, you know, I put one of our garbage plates in there, but I don't know if it'll age too well. So, you know, and like literally, uh, you know, I think it's keeping there, you know, like one of the reasons we called it flower city station and not spelled like flower, like the lilac is we did it the original thing to kind of keep that, keep let people know that that was the original name. So that's part of the time capsule in our name right there is by by honoring the tradition too. Yeah, maybe tossing a bumper sticker or something, uh, a photo. Back, back a 500 years from now, it's it's going to be a different world, man. I, I think yeah. I think I appreciate living the time I live in. We we've got we've got a good thing going here in Rochester. Well, oh yeah, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you. All I was going to say is shit, dude. It's been enjoyable talking to you, kind of shooting the shit and talking about old times. Oh, yeah. And hopefully yeah, episode number two, we can get some memories out there and really expand on them and have a little more fun than, you know, just going through and, and kind of talking and uh, about the, you know, the history, the foundation and some of the stuff we've seen. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm definitely interested to hear the stories that everyone else has and, you know, whether it be at flower city or just the music scene in general, it's, you know, uh, it's been really rewarding watching all this unfold, you know, and just hearing all these stories. And, and even 
I'm really looking forward to hearing the stories I haven't got. Yeah, me too. Um, it's going to happen. Very simply put, I go live almost every Wednesday night. However, I don't have anyone scheduled in the next week or two. I'll double check. So what I want to do is I want to put together a follow-up to this episode so everyone at home, prepare your answers. Another thing, I'm open for recommendations of anybody you want to have on the show, whether it's from you, Matt, or anybody at home. And it would be cool to do a venue series um, and do like a bunch of two-parters because I'd love to get Jeff Dale on. I'd love to get Phil from Anthology on. I want to get everybody on because, man, dude, is a lot of great experiences. We could talk for another four hours if we wanted to. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things when it comes to music, you can, it, that's the thing. It just, it can go on and on and on, you know, and I know for anyone, people who normally don't talk much once you get them talking about their favorite experiences in music it's it just keeps on going and that definitely i i I do recommend getting jeff dale on that'll be interesting and phil uh you know so yeah man uh definitely looking forward to future uh podcast here you know pleasure pleasure being on here i appreciate you taking the time and having me yeah, it's been fun, dude. Uh, I look forward to the next episode, man. I'm actually pumped to get that started because I'm feeling oh, yeah. nostalgic and um, I want to hear some more stories. So again, guys, you're going to be writing to me soon. Um, if you have recommendations for the show, I'm always open-minded from Matt or anybody at home. And listen again, Matt Green, man, thanks for coming on. You, you've been a pleasure and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.